Welcome to Florence Planning. I'm your millennial milkmaid, Joy, here to tell you the truth about agriculture. So if you don't know From moonshining in his basement to opening an operation that is called Dairy Distillery, Omid McDonald tells us the story of how he took milk permeate and turned it into vodka. So uh, what we're doing is taking this uh, dairy byproduct, the, uh, the uh, milk permeate, and fermenting it with a very special yeast that the University of Ottawa figured out for us and turning that into alcohol, which we distill uh, using standard distillation, and turn it into a vodka, uh, which we call vodka. And uh, that's what we do here at the dairy distillery. After hearing that skim milk was being dumped and farmers had to pay for this waste, Omid McDonald thought to himself, let's make alcohol out of this. Now, not many people would think to make vodka out of milk waste i'm an engineer so i like uh i like solving problems and i just it just in my gut i was like well this is a, a really beautiful sugar just being wasted and uh and so the, i was like oh well here's an opportunity to take something that uh we uh that's not being used and, and finding a use for it um but what's what's interesting when we started this project we were very uh hesitant or worried that people would associate uh, waste with what we're doing. Uh, well, they think it's like stinking milk or rotten rotten milk, and uh, so we use words like unused milk sugar just to not associate it too much with waste, but when people uh, heard what we're doing, they said it back in their own words, and they're like, oh, you've turned something that would otherwise be wasted into something wonderful, and uh, that was really a neat evolution of the whole project. You heard that correctly. He took a wasted product and thought let's use this beautiful sugar lactose for fermentation and turn it into a drinkable vodka and you must be wondering how long did it take to make this product like a a drinkable vodka from milk waste Oh, it, it was about a two and a half year process. So uh, fermenting lactose, uh, so just to recap what we're doing, we're taking a byproduct called milk permeate. So it, that's a byproduct of uh, a product known as ultra-filter milk. So what they do now is uh, once they've skimmed off the cream for the butters, they're left with the skim milk. And to make it more efficient to send that product to uh, cheese and yogurt manufacturers, they concentrate the proteins in the skim milk. And they do that by filtering it. And so uh, on the one side of the filter, they get ultra-filtered milk, which is a high-protein milk. And on the other side, they get milk permeate, which is a high-lactose liquid. And uh, that's what uh, is the uh, what we're using. It's the waste stream that we're uh, fermenting. And so fermenting that uh, lactose in that milk permeate is, is tricky. And so we worked with the University of Ottawa for a year and a half to figure that out. So after a year and a half of research, then the real work for the distillery began. They started building the distillery right outside of Ottawa. But then the real surprise came when the first vodka 
came off the still. But when the first uh, uh, drops of uh, vodka came off the stills, we were like totally blown away with the taste. The taste profile uh, was just, it's amazing. And that's what was really the big surprise. We didn't know what it was going to taste like and we we're, we were just a, a very, very lucky that it turned out. That, uh, I really, I need to make it up to Ontario one day so I can test it out because I, I like everything I've read about it that it says has like a very sweet finish and everything. So you were really surprised that it turned out the flavor that it was going to. Oh yeah, it was uh, like, I, I always had a, um, a gut feel that uh, since it's essentially milk without the fats and proteins, it should give something good. But the fact that it did was, uh, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate. That's so cool. Now, do you get all your milk permeate directly from the processors? That's right, yeah. So uh, near us, about 40 minutes from us, is Canada's largest uh, dairy processing factory in the, in the Parmalat factory there. They're uh, processing about 1.3 million liters of milk a day. And, uh, and out of that, they get about 130,000 liters of permeate a day, which uh, gets sent off to digest it for disposal. Wow. I honestly had no idea that there was so much like waste in products and especially is ultra filtered milk more popular in Canada? Because I know I feel like that just recently came to America like a few years ago. Well, ultra filtered milk is the consumer side that we see like the Fairlife and so on Mm -hmm. on the shelf. But really it's the the, um, the production use that's more prevalent. So like when you when you build a uh, processing plant now, you start with make, turning the skim milk into ultra-filter milk because it just makes all the downstream processing so much more efficient. Oh, okay. And so how does this help the environment and the farmers? So right now in Ontario, um, the, as I mentioned, they send this stuff uh, to, to digesters. But before, they actually were spreading it on the fields, which caused so much environmental issues. Um, so the, there's a disposal cost uh, for uh, in Ontario if we get rid, get rid of the uh, permit, and that's borne by uh, processors and the farmers here in Ontario. Oh, wow. So they actually had to pay for it to be dumped. Yeah, because you can't just dump no permit into the environment because it has very high uh, oxygen uh, demand, and it will uh, yeah, destroy the, uh, uh, the environment. So it has to be expensive to, to dispose of it properly now how does it feel to be i you're you're like the only one in your field doing this how does it feel to be like the most unique vodka i feel like in the world maybe not in the world but definitely in this hemisphere for sure well like uh, uh to be clear we're not the first ones to ferment lactose so you could go back to genghis khan uh where the mongols actually fermented uh, mare's milk to make a uh, beer that they called kumis oh and uh in the set yeah so that so humans have isolated the yeast to, to consume lactose uh, for hundreds of years. Uh, in, the, in the 70s, uh, there were efforts to ferment whey uh, by part of cheese production, which is uh, the sort of the predecessor to milk permeate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that was uh, fermented to make alcohols uh, in the 70s, and, uh, but we're the only ones uh, that have uh, been using the, this newer byproduct to milk permeate. Wow. And how has business in the community been received and how do people like it? Well, uh, the people really like it because it is uh, slightly sweet on the nose, has absolutely no burn uh, in terms of uh, vodka. And uh, a lot of people come in thinking that they're just going to buy a bottle of vodka to mix 
uh, with their standard cocktail, but they end up just drinking it on ice, and that's really quite remarkable really? For, uh, for vodka. Oh, wow. I can't even, I honestly can't even imagine, like, drinking vodka on ice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is the best way to drink vodka out here. Wow. And how did you come up with the name? Uh, well, that was an interesting thing. In Canada, we couldn't call it vodka uh, because it wasn't made from grain or potato. And uh, uh, you guys in the States don't have that restriction. Vodka is our production process. Uh, and same with the Europeans, uh, but just some anomaly in the law here didn't allow uh, anything other than greater potato. So we then, so then we were like, okay, what are we going to call it? And obviously, vodka, cow, vodka. So that, that sort of made sense. Um, but uh, uh, it, we actually petitioned the federal government here in Canada to update that 65-year-old definition of vodka, and they did last year, uh, last September, the federal government updated the, the definition of vodka to allow any agricultural ingredient to be used. And uh, so vodka is a vodka, but we're going to stick with the name because people love it. That's so cool. That's I did not know there were even like laws on like labeling alcohol. And I, yeah, I think vodka is a really cool name and it's very unique and really describes your product. And you worked very closely with the Canadian Dairy Commission and the Dairy Farmers of Canada. Were, do you think they were pretty instrumental in helping with marketing of your product? Um, well, we did, uh, got support from the research side from the uh, Canadian Dairy Commission, which uh, is a federal uh, arm of the government that helps uh, the dairy industry. Uh, but really, the biggest support that came from dairy farmers themselves. Uh, we, they, they were buying the product by the case, talking about it. Uh, that they see the advantage of, of uh, just finding more uses for all the, all uh, all the, uh, streams of dairy. So uh, we've had a huge amount of support from from farmers across Ontario, across Canada, and a huge amount of interest out of the states as well. This is unfortunately with uh, uh, we can't uh, alcohol is extremely regulated, so we can't ship bottles to the dozens of American dairy farmers who have asked to, to get products. We we have to get distribution in the U.S. to to be able to do that. Yeah, I definitely tried to order some off your website, and it was like, pick up in store. I was like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Cannot ship yeah, that to no, me. <laughs> you can't just ship alcohol across the borders. It, uh, you get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's, ex- it's extremely regulated. That's probably a good thing, though. Um, and your guys' mission, though, is being like very localized and everything. And why did you want to have a local emphasis? Um, well, uh, uh, our vision is to be local, uh, close to where the uh, uh, permit are. So right now, uh, we're servicing Ontario and Alberta right now, but we want to get this idea of converting the snow permeated alcohol uh, in different places. So we want to be local wherever it's made. We're talking to people out in uh, British Columbia on the west coast of Canada about setting up a dairy facility there. And we've been talking to a couple of groups in the States as well. So... Uh, yeah, that's what our vision is, that it would be local production to as Vodkow gets more uh, popular. That's so cool. And you said, so dairy farmers are really excited about this. Um, did they, they don't have to pay that dumping fee anymore or anything, correct? Oh, well, no, we're not uh, close to taking all the permit. Uh, like uh, right now, uh, we're taking 30,000 uh, uh, liters a week. Okay. And uh, just in this one factory, they're, they're, they have a, they're generating 120,000 liters a day. So okay. So let's put it in context. But uh, our vision and our hope is that if Vodka 
became a top ten vodka, then yeah, we would eat all of it. Uh, so, but we got a ways to get, go before we get there. Okay, and so you saw a, like a very positive response though from the farmers um, with the new, like a new innovative product from milk. Yeah, like it's interesting. We go to a lot of uh, 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 dairy events, and uh, so at a, at a show where you've got your standard cheeses, uh, well, I shouldn't say standard, but amazing cheeses at these events, uh, like a wine of Bucho and so on. Not all consumers are going to come in and have a look at that, but they, they're like, ooh, vodka made for milk, that it brings them in. And vice versa, not everyone would be interested in vodka, they're coming in for the cheese and get this and discover this vodka made for milk. So it really is a just another neat thing to add to uh, attract people to, uh, to dairy. How did you feel like when you had your first bottles all made and people were tasting it and they had a positive response? Or like, how did that feel for you? Well, that's, uh, like I said, as I mentioned, I come from a software background, so you don't often get uh, sort of the visceral reaction of people when they, they see your product. And, uh, and that's the great thing. Every day we have people come to a retail store here at a store in Almont and try it, and they like it, and we see that as we go out to, to doing shows. Uh, there's nothing better to... So, and sometimes they're skeptical. Uh, Ooh, vodka made from milk, that sounds wacky. <laughs> then they try it, and they're like, oh, uh, no, this is really quite amazing. And it's nothing better to see a skeptic turn into a, uh, a fan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's always like really cool. And you guys use your own like proprietary yeast that um, the University of Ottawa discovered. Was it like they discovered it or it was just something they like worked with when they, you guys were doing all the trials? Uh, well, they uh, so they uh, went through and found the best one for, uh, for us and, uh, and did all the, um, the, the trial work to find out how uh, what works best to permeate and what, what tasted that uh, best. So it's, all, it's stuff we couldn't have done ourselves, and we were really lucky that we had such a facility, uh, research facility here in Ottawa. And this might be like a dumb question because I don't know a lot about distilling. I've been to a number of distilleries, but I, what is like the role of yeast when you're um, making alcohol? Well, the yeast eats the sugar. So in our case, they're eating the lactose. And when they eat uh, sugar, they poop out carbon dioxide and alcohol. So that's how, that's how alcohol is produced. It's eventually a, a byproduct. So sort of neat where vodka is a byproduct of a byproduct. Uh, essentially, it's, uh, they're eating the, the sugar, the lactose, and the milk permeate, and their byproduct of doing that is alcohol. Okay. And so, and I know with like normal grain um, distilled alcohols, they would have a byproduct uh, like the mash and everything that they can feed to cows. Do you guys have a byproduct or no? Well, that's a really, uh, that's a really great point. So uh, you're right. So uh, that's called stillage. It's their byproduct from a grain or potato, uh, which has to be managed. So they have to get it uh, out to feeding animals or dispose of it. It's, like, it's the whole thing to manage. Uh, once we're done with it, we just have mi- uh, water and minerals, uh, and, uh, and it can be disposed of easily. So it's a huge advantage from that point of view, and also we don't have the mashing process. Our yeast just goes at the sugars right away. We don't have the, the complicated energy-intensive process of converting starch to sugar so that the yeast could eat it. Oh, um, that's cool. So it's, yeah, it, it's much more energy-efficient than uh, standard um, grain or potato alcohol production. Oh, that's so cool. 
What are your hopes and dreams for Vodkow? Uh, well, we hope it uh, becomes a top 10 vodka. We really take the, the taste profile out there for that to happen. And uh, we want to get it everywhere. So uh, our, our, we want to buy uh, introducing this in the uh, first U.S. state uh, at the end of this year. And then uh, partner with a, uh, a dairy down in the States to uh, make uh, vodka locally. So that's our, that's our goal is to really make this a, uh, a, a top 10. That's so cool. And how do you how do you become a top ten vodka? What's the process of that? Well, it uh, uh, it has to have a, a story that resonates with the consumer, and, uh, and and what we found is people really uh, are really into the fact that we're making something that's good for the environment and benefiting uh, dairy farmers, and it tastes great. So uh, we've got three very strong uh, aspects that uh, people are. Uh, that's cool. Now, did you ever think that you would be just making vodka from milk? Did you ever see yourself doing this? Was, was, uh, I never discussed that with the guidance counselor, I must say. So <laughs> I, 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 I get into this, but I, I'm an engineer, so I, I knew I'd get into uh, some different things, but uh, no, I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. And you said you made like moonshine in your basement. You were a basement moonshiner before. Yeah, it, uh, it, they, that's how most people get a feel, feel for this. I uh, also took some courses down in Chicago at a, at a distillery uh, there. So it's, it definitely was a, uh, uh, a hobby that morphed into a full-time uh, endeavor. That's so cool. Is there anything that I didn't talk about that you would like to mention? It's just uh, we're sort of bridging like, uh, people like, ooh, vodka. And then, oh, and then the agricultural aspect, it's really neat. And then uh, the, a lot of people are sort of down on uh, on cows right now from an environmental point of view, but they're not looking at the whole picture and how there are a whole bunch of initiatives like ours and, 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 and hundreds more to make things better. And uh, I think that's, uh, that story needs to get out there more of all the great work that's uh, going on to uh, uh, to make that uh, make agriculture uh, even greener. Yeah, and that's one reason I really wanted to talk to you, not only because you have this super cool product, but it's environmentally friendly and it showcases like the dairy industry and it's just a totally innovative product that I think a lot of people would never even think of that, oh, like milk could make vodka or cows can do something like that. And so I, I was like, yeah, I need to talk to him. Like that'd be so cool for people to know this message and know what people are doing. If you could tell consumers of any kind one thing, like what would it be? Give it a try. Well, unfortunately, consumers in the states uh, uh, wouldn't be able to uh, try it just yet. So <laughs> I would, tell them we're, we're working on getting there. So uh, we're, we're, we hope to uh, that, uh, that we Modcow will make it into the U.S. Uh, sometime at the end of 2020. Thanks for listening to another episode of Farm Splaining. You can follow me on Instagram at Farm Splaining and Moss Hosanna Joy. Be sure to give me a five-star review on iTunes and leave a review, and maybe I'll read it on the show. You can email me, askafarmer101 at gmail.com. Thanks, and see you guys next week.